wonderful year thus far. Oh, the enemy has tried, but he has failed. And he will continue to fail in Jesus' name. Uh, we took a series for about maybe the first five Sundays, asking ourselves, how did you receive Jesus? How did you receive Jesus? But today we want to uh, take a step further and start a new discussion on what I call the promises of God. The promises of God. For every one of us, there is a promise. I pray that you will receive that which the Lord has for you today in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. The book of Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. If you are there, shout hallelujah. I didn't hear any hallelujah. You are there, shout hallelujah. Amen. Acts 2, 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise is unto you. The promise is to your children. The promise is to all that are far off. The promise is to as many as the Lord our God shall call. The first question I want to ask ourselves today is what is a promise? What is a promise? We are discussing the promises of God. What is a promise? A promise as a noun is defined as a declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. So the, the promise is that declaration. The promise is that assurance that this is what will be done. This is what will be given. But it could also be a verb, like we all know. To promise, you can promise to do something. And so to promise is to assure someone that one will definitely do, give, or arrange something. Or to undertake or declare that something will happen. The promises of God. That is, we are discussing what God has given unto us. The declaration and assurance that he has given unto us that he will do. The things he has said he will do. But we are going a step further. We are looking at the things that we know he will definitely do or arrange. The things he will declare. Or the things he has declared but that will come to pass in our lives. It's a very, very fundamental uh, 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 lesson. And I pray that as we go through it, as the Lord, that the Lord himself will teach us. He will open our eyes. And that, you know, the purpose of promise is fulfillment. That we will all receive and experience that fulfillment in Jesus' name. When God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord gave him some promises. He gave him some promises. In Genesis chapter 12, God called him in verse 1. In verses 2 and 3, we see the promises that he gave to him. He said, I will make of thee a great nation. This is God giving Abraham a promise. I will bless thee. I will make your name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. This was a unilateral declaration by God. Look at verse 3. He said, I will bless those that bless thee. I will curse him that curseth thee. In thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. These promises are fundamental. The subsequent covenants that God made with Abraham were premised upon these promises. And, of course, you realize that a covenant is a promise. 
Because even though there's an expectation from your own side, especially when you're talking of a covenant with God, it's God that will ensure the fulfillment of the promise, of the covenant. Your part is little, but you have got to be faithful. So when God called Abraham, God gave him some promises. And from that day onwards, the rest of the life of Abraham, the future of his descendants, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And of course, that is a certain. That's in Jesus. Everything revolved around the promises that God gave to Abraham. Our presence here today, discussing the promise of God, can be traced back to these words that God gave to Abraham. When the angel Gabriel visited Mary in the sixth month, in Luke chapter 1, he gave her a promise. In Luke chapter 1, he said she will give birth to a child, a very unique child, by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Luke chapter 1, from verse 26 to verse 28, Luke 1, 26 to 28, the Bible says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. I believe, I don't know which angel has been sent, but an angel has been sent to you today. And whatever that angel has brought for you, receive it in Jesus' name. I say receive it in Jesus' name. To a virgin, verse 27, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. I said to someone this morning, I said you are highly favored. I said, you are highly favored. And I said, beyond that, because you know what? Favor brings envy. So it's not just enough to be highly favored. I'm going a step further, and I'm declaring to you as the, that angel declared, the Lord is with thee. What does that mean? <laughs> when the Lord is with you, all the envy that, that surrounds your favor will be thwarted. Joseph was a favored young man. And because he was favored, not only by his earthly father, he was favored by his heavenly father, his brethren rose up against him. They were envious of him. They were ready to kill him. But because God was with him, what happened? They couldn't. God will always make a way out. And I want to tell somebody who is listening to this message, whatever it is you are going through, God will make a way for you. There is a way out. That's why the Bible says, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common unto man. And say, God is able and will with the temptation do what? Make a way of escape. Whatever it is you are going through, he will make a way for you. Jacob, I mean, Joseph ended up in prison. But the Bible made, there's a statement. The Bible says, but God was with Joseph. And he gave him favor before the jailers. And so the, the jailers committed everyone and everything in the prison to whose hands? To the hand of Joseph. And said, whatever he did was what they did. Whatever he chose not to do, they did not do. And nothing. There was no question asked of him. How are you doing it? What are you doing? He, not only was he favored, God was with him. God will be with you in Jesus' name. Mary was favored. And if God had not been with her, to go ahead and tell Joseph that, my friend, that woman, you must not abandon her. Take good care of her. The child that is with her is, is a holy child. What will happen? Her favor brought her the pregnancy, a divine pregnancy. But if God had not been with her, they would surely stone her to death. 
I pray for someone listening to me this morning. The Lord will be with you. His favor will overshadow you. His favor will shine forth upon your life in Jesus' name. And let that look, chapter 1, verse 30 to 38. That's a long one. But we see where the, 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 the angel was telling Mary, Fear not. You will conceive. You will have a child. That child that you, you will bring forth shall be called Jesus. Look at verse 32. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom, there shall be no end. You see that in these promises, there's a fulfillment of the word that was given to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. But David, I mean, Mary was confused. How is this possible? How can this be? Seeing that I know no man, that was our question. And the angel responded and said, The Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of the shall, shall overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One that will be born of you shall be called the Son of God. All these were promises unto Mary. And verse 37 is very important. With God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, well, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your, to your word. And the angel departed from her. But that day, her life was changed. She received a promise. She received a promise. There's a promise for you, my brother and my sister. A promise for this season. Receive it in Jesus' name. Unless you receive that promise, you will not walk aright. But when you receive the promise, you are guided. You are focused. All the principles of management, all the principles of promotion, all the principles of, of, of abundance will now come into play. Because what? You have received a promise. And you are running with it. Receive, that, receive it in Jesus' name. So today we are talking about the promises of God. And we want to start looking at the promises of God by asking ourselves, what are some attributes of the promise of God? Some attributes of the promise of God. And we see a few of them. I mean, or let me say the first one in the passage we read at the beginning. In Acts chapter 2 verse 39. The Bible says, the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So number one, the promise is unto me. The headline of that particular point is that God's promises is for all believers. All believers, and that includes you and I. And then we are breaking it down. So the first attribute of God's promises, that the, the promises for what? For who? All believers. All be, so long as you are a believer, His promises are for you. Now going a, I mean, a step further, we look at that part. I mean that particular verse in detail. He said, "The promise is unto you." Tell somebody, "The promise is unto me." Very important. The promise is unto me. Psalm 118 verse 13. Psalm 118 verse 13. He says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. That is a very peculiar promise. It's a promise that is, that is meet for this season. In the years and in the season of coronavirus, and whatever virus might be down the road, in this season, that, I mean, many are coming, that are, are, are Falling unto cancer. The Lord is saying unto you, I have a word for you. And it's very simple. I shall not die. I'm telling somebody, you shall not die. Your time to die has not come. 
Not only will you lead, you will lead to declare the works of the Lord. And that's a word for our sister, for uh, Mama Margaret, where she is. The Lord is saying unto her, there is a promise for her. It's a promise that we stand upon as a church that Mommy Margaret will not die. Death is not her portion. But she will do what? She will live. And not only live, she will declare the works of the Lord. In other words, you are alive to testify. Tell somebody you are alive to testify. Oh, tell the person, I am alive to testify. And I will, I will testify in Jesus' name. You can only testify if you have what? A testimony. And that your testimony will be perfected in the name of Jesus. So no, that is the, the, the first thing that is the promise is unto me. The second thing that is that the promise is unto my children. That's what it says. It said the promise is unto you and to your children. The promise is unto my children. Because the Bible tells me, in the book of Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18, Isaiah 8 verse 18, it said, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for what? For signs and for what? Wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. I and the children that God has given unto me, we are for signs and for wonders. The promise is unto my children. The promise is unto your children. Brethren, signs and wonders are positive. They are not negative. And so if you, begin, if you begin to see one or two things that are contrary, that your children are demonstrating, begin to stand up on this promise. And say, so the word of God says, I and the children that the Lord has given unto me, we are for what? We are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts, the good Lord, the good God, the gracious God, the God who never fails, who dwells in Mount Zion. That is a promise for you. That is a promise for me. The promise is unto me. The promise is unto my children. Then the Bible goes on to say, the promise is unto all that are afar off. All, not some, but all. And that puts all into it. So you might say, oh, I don't have a child. Oh, you might even say, maybe you're not yet a Christian. The promise is for you. It's just that you must, in order for you to partake of this promise, you must do what? You must come. You are too far. You need to come unto him. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, it says, come now, let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. But you must do what? You must come. There's no alternative to you coming. You must come unto the Lord. He said one thing. He said, all that thou hast given unto me. He said, whosoever cometh unto me, I will do what? I will in no wise cast out. You just need to come. Come as you are. Are you rich? Do what? Come. Are you poor? Do what? Come. Are you full? Do what? Come. Are you hungry? Come. Do men look upon you with disdain? Do what? Come. Come as you are. It doesn't matter what men say about you. He's got something for you. He has a promise for you. He has a word unto you. That's why in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will do what? I will give you rest. Come. And in Revelation twenty two seventeen, 17, after all the revelation in the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, chapter 22 is the last chapter. And going towards the end of Revelation, the Bible says, And the spirit and the bride say what? Come. 
Isn't that important? The spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that hear it say what? Come. Let him that is a thirst come. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. There's no restriction. Whosoever will, are you willing? The Bible says if you are willing and obedient, you will do what? You will eat the goods of the land. Just come. The promise is unto you. The promise is for you. You are not excluded. Except you exclude yourself. There is a promise for you, my brother. There is a promise for you, my sister. The Lord has already established some things for you before this moment. But you need to receive it. And to receive it, you need to do what? Come. He said, unto all them that are far off. I'm calling you, come. So, the first point, the promise is unto all. Number two, you know what, brethren? The promise is a word. Hallelujah. The promise is what? It's a word. And that's very important. Very important. As we'll be going through these studies, I want you to remember that the promise is a word. All promises must be tied to the scriptures. If somebody says, come, I will give you children out of adultery. That's not a word. Come, I will give it oh, like some of our, uh, I mean, some stories that you hear. The woman is in her husband's house. She wants a child. She cannot get a child. She goes to uh, a herbalist, like we call them. And the man says, oh, you have a child. All you need to do is come and sleep with me at midnight. And you will think that people will realize that, no, this is not of God. If I call myself a Christian, after all, they will, give, they will go and give testimony in church. That is an unacceptable testimony. And this woman, some of them highly educated. They go there in their pajero. And you go and sleep with a herbalist that ordinarily on the street, they can't even see the two of you together. Because he's saying he will give you a child. Brethren, the promise we are talking about must be tied to the scriptures if God will fulfill it. And I want you to realize, we started with the story of Mary. If God can give Mary a child without a man, what else can he not do? If God can give Hannah a child with all those that were taunting her, what's your situation? If Sarah in her whole age can have a child, a child of, of promise, how old are you? If Elizabeth, who was so surprised that the Bible says she hid herself for five months, could have a child for Zacharias, a child of destiny, a child that fulfilled purpose, a child the world is talking about even today. A child we are told that when we all sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb, John the Baptist will be the, the, the uh, what do they call it? The best man. Elizabeth had him at her old age. Why should you go outside the scriptures for the fulfillment of your promise? Brethren, I want you to realize that there is a word of promise for every situation. Your responsibility as a child of God is to what? Find the word of promise. Pray it. Hold on to it for performance. Whatever situation you are going through, there is a promise in the scriptures for you. And we'll be going through into that uh, as we continue with the studies. There is a promise in the scriptures for your situation. 
Your responsibility is to find it. Hold on to it and pray it to performance. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. I said, it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. In Romans chapter 9, verse 9, the Bible says, For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. That is the word of promise. That is the situation of Sarah. And the Lord came as he had promised. Look at the Shunammite woman. The Lord came as he has promised. God never fails. Seek for his promise for you in the world. Hold on to it. Pray it through. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. We will rejoice with you in Jesus' name. We will, I mean, we, 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 will, we will testify with you in Jesus' name. Including the month of June. There are seven months to the end of the year. We are just started June, right? There's a lot of time for your testimony. And I'm waiting for your testimony. And you will hear mine too. In Jesus' name. The promise is a word. The Bible tells us that the word endures. The word does what? It endures. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 7 and 8. Isaiah 40, verses 7 and 8. Isaiah 40, verses 7 and 8. The Bible says, The grass withered, the flower faded, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. Then look at verse 8. The grass withered, the flower faded. But what happened? The word of our God shall do what? Shall stand forever. Not for one year. Not for 30 months. The word of our God shall stand for how long? Forever. Forever. That's the same passage. I mean, if you go to Isaiah 55 verse 11. Now God now gives us an assurance concerning his word. And I shall concerning his word. He said, His word shall not return to him void. He says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So there's a word that has been sent unto you. You hold on to that word. It is the promise of God. And the Lord is saying, the word will prosper. I pray for someone this morning, the word of God will prosper in your life. I say the word of God will prosper in your life. (laughs) Because it is a word that was been sent specifically to who? To you. you. There's a song, uh, 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 God has something. Is it God has a blessing? With my name on it, what is it? With my name on it, with my name on it. God has a promise with your name on it. Receive it in Jesus' name. I say, God has a promise with your name on it. Receive it in Jesus' name. He said, my word shall not return to me void. The grass will wither. The grass will fade away. But the word of God, it shall come to pass. You just need to get that word that applies to your situation and take it to him. And take it to him. No wonder the Bible says, he magnifies his word. He honors his word. He honors his word. In Psalm 138, verse 2. Psalm 138, verse 2. Psalm 138, verse 2. The Bible says, I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. 
For thou hast magnified your word above all thy name. I want to assure someone today, it shall come to pass. The word has been spoken. The word has been released. The word is written. Remember, how did Jesus fight Satan? It is written. The tools that Jesus used to fight, to fight Satan are in the same Bible you have in your hand. You just need to get the word that applies to that situation. And begin to say, it is written. I stand upon this word. And we shall rejoice with you in Jesus' name. When the word of God is believed and acted upon, any promise of God is transformed into the power of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? When you receive the word and you begin to act upon it, the promise of God is transformed into what? The power of God. The power of God. If I remember very well when we were in school, they said power is what? The ability to do things. I hope I'm right. If I'm wrong, forgive me. I believe they, they used to say that the, when, we, uh, for the, when I did introduction to physics, I didn't go too far in it. <laughs> ability to do work. <laughs> so when we now say, when you believe and act upon the word, that promise is transformed into the power of God. So the fact that you believe the promise, you get to a point that it, 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 it moves from, uh, 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 I think there's, there's kinetic, what's the other one? It moves from potential to kinetic. It becomes dynamic. You begin to demonstrate the power of God. You begin to demonstrate the word of God. You begin to testify of his goodness. It's like when the Jew was talking about what a blessing is. He said when a man is blessed, all the powers of nature, all the powers in the world are told to do what? To work for that person. When a man is caused, what happens? All the powers in the, nature, in the world are told, what? are told to work against that person. So when, even when the person is about to achieve, what happens? <laughs> because there is a strong goal waiting to say, ah, you, there's a cause operating. This one you can't get. But your portion is a blessing. I say your portion is a blessing. Receive it in Jesus' name. The third attribute we are going to discuss this morning before we, before we round up, we'll continue uh, next Sunday, is that the promises of God are in him. When I say they are in him, who is he? In who? They are in Jesus. The promises of God, they are in him. They are in Jesus. They are in Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, For all the promises of God in Him, in who? In Jesus, are yea and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. In other words, every promise of God will result in the glory of God. That's very important. Every promise of God will glorify God. That's why Jesus Christ, before He left, He said, When the Holy Spirit will come, he will do what? He will glorify me. He's not coming to speak of himself. He's coming to reveal unto you the heart of the Father. Every promise of God will glorify God. So if you are going on a step and you say, ah, but God said, and you can see that this one will not glorify the name of you better be diseased. You know what the Bible says? We cannot continue in sin that grace may abound. 
You know it very well. You know it very well. The promises of God are in him. They are in Jesus. If you go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 25 to 29, I'm going to read it. Colossians 1, 25 to 29. Colossians 1. I say, whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations. But now it's what? It's made manifest to his saints. Who are the saints? It's you and I. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. Among the Gentiles. Which is what? Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. The hope of glory. The promises of God are in him. They are in Jesus. Unto the glory of God by us. Now we are saying, what are we talking about? It is Christ in you. Christ in me. The hope of glory. That promise will come to pass because Christ is in me. He said, whom we preach. One in every man. And teaching every man in all wisdom. That we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor. Verse 29. Striving according to his working, which worketh in me, how? Mightily. Jesus working in me, how? Mightily. Every promise of God is in him. He's in Christ Jesus. There's no alternative. There is no alternative. There shall be a divine fulfillment, but it must be in Jesus. It must be through Jesus. That's very important. We looked at this passage uh, in the last two Sundays. The Bible says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness. Colossians 2 9. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We said, In Christ Jesus dwells all that God is in a human body, in human form. And so when Christ is in you, whatever God is, Christ is in you to bring it to fulfillment. All the promises of God, brethren, they are in him. Very important. You cannot go contrary to the word of God. You cannot go contrary to Jesus and say you are fulfilling divine promise. Many of us have allowed the devil to contaminate divine instructions that God has given unto us. Many of us are failing to reach the height that God has proposed for us because we have limited God. You know that song that says, I have made you too small in my eyes. He said, oh Lord, do what? Forgive me. Because what God could do, we have not allowed him to do it. We have tried to do those things for God. We have ended up messing things up. And that's why, brethren, many times, God wants us to walk with him by faith. And we're going to be talking more about that next, next Sunday. God wants us to walk with him by faith, one step at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking of you. Help me today to do everything that I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Help me today, show me the way, one day at a time. Help me today, 
Show me the way. How? One day at a time. You don't need to know um, the whole of the year 2020 ahead before you go into it. No, you mess it up. You are human. Christianity is a work of faith. It's a work of faith. You take one day at a time with him. And you are moving towards maturity. You are moving towards performance. You are moving towards perfection. So that when this journey on earth is ended, which it will one day, either the rapture takes place, or the Lord says, my journey is over, your journey is over, because you have fulfilled time. When that journey is over, oh, we can step into glory. And the host of heaven can rejoice and say, oh, welcome, my brother. Welcome, my sister. Not because you are the general overseer of, of uh, Pentecostal International Church. No, because you have been a good Christian. A good Christian by divine standard. Because you have lived a life based on the promises of God in Christ Jesus. The promises of God are in him. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that same Colossians chapter 2 verse 10 as we round up says, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Is the head of all principality. So when the Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, spiritual uh, wickedness in the high places, rulers of the darkness of this world. <laughs> but the Bible says here that who is the head of all of them? Jesus. So whatever he does not allow, it's not allowed. When he says no, the devil cannot say yes. Oh, if only we realize the authority and the power in us. The promises are in him. When he is in you, <laughs> I don't know, will, it, will I be right to say you are a dynamite? You've got that power in you. Bring it to life. Go through the word of God. Hold on to the word of God. Stand upon the word. Because the Bible says you are complete in him. He is the head of all principality and power. The Bible says, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be little of your that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your head to your gates. And be in the of last That the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. He is the Lord of all hosts. Positive and negative. He can use a madman to clear the traffic for his, own, for his son. He can use renegades to protect his servants. Like our people will say, every child has his own day, something like that. And they say, even the child that they say is a bad child, he has his own day. Every child has a purpose before God. None of our children will be bad in Jesus' name. God can use anyone and anything to make way for you, to create room for you. We are talking about the promises of God. You've got to stand upon the promises according to the word. Because you are complete in him. The head of all principality and power. There's not, nothing and no one can challenge his authority over your life and over your situation. You are the real.